and welcome back to Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything if there is no the English language about. I am Track Frankfurt, the best team in the Bundesliga, the best team in Germany, the best team in Europe, the best team in the world for that matter. Um, for both sexes. And no, we are not a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian NKC. Uh, here to talk about all things Eintracht in the English language. We are the only podcast who does this. There are other podcasts who cover the Bundesliga in the English language. You know what? We've had a couple guys on there uh, as guests before, but we are the only club-focused podcast covering the Adler. And uh, yeah, I'm here to talk about the Eagles and the experiences of the players or uh, lack of friendlies considering we've had a couple canceled Hello. and of course the front one who are back in training it's matt in the big apple how is queens beautiful brian but it's nothing better than being back on the pod i mean i missed the season review <laughs> which i was so bummed out about which was hysterical by the way but um i'm, I'm ready it's august you know season starts in a couple weeks and you know we made some Pretty interesting moves, I must say. But I mean, hey, I, I'm I'm ready to bleed the I'm ready to bleed the Adler again. I'm back from back from the Europa vacation and ready to win the Champions League. <laughs> uh, why not? Um, yeah, so we got the Champions League to look forward to the Pokal, which will actually have a real competitive match to talk about the Depe Pokal coming up. I don't like the fact that it is on that they stuck us on the Monday. Are we the uh, main TV slot? Yes, we are. Um, I can't. I I kind of have a hard time imagining that all too many people would be able to make uh, on a Monday. Uh, like what? What is that? Like uh, six o'clock? Uh, what's that? Like six o'clock kickoff times? Like is the early time, and then we're on like like. 8.30, 9 o'clock practically. It's kind of a little, a little strange if you ask me, but hey, you know what? I'll take it. I tracked primetime viewing. Yeah, I mean, I'm for it. I mean, it's still going to be 2 o'clock in the middle of the day for us. You know, we'll be at work and yep. trying to be, you know, avoiding meetings at all costs to watch the game because kind of a, some kind of a rent, rent, uh, wow, I cannot speak, revenge game for us see i've been off the pod so long i don't even know how to speak the damn english language anymore um but yeah you know i mean it's going to be interesting against magdeburg again but i mean hey i'll be definitely skipping some work duties for that game Uh, why not you know there are some priorities let's just leave it at that and hopefully my other half does not hear me as I say that, so, <laughs> uh, golly, some people will find out what I'm referring to in due course, but until <laughs> that time has come, let's look at uh, what's been going on with the Eintracht uh, for the men's side since the last time that we sat down and talked about the Eintracht. Uh, we played Las Glens, we played uh, Torino, we had a canceled friendly against Ajax, we looked really good against uh, Torino. Um so the Torino uh, match played in Austria. Torino did uh, so. This is a uh, Serie A club. We've, this is like the second time we've played them in like the last three or four seasons in our preseason training. Oh, so we had a bomb. Good. <laughs> the bo- the boy looks good. Oh my god, the boy dude. looks good. He looks so fun with confidence, and dude, he's such he has such an infectious smile, and like you can see it so often on how many like successful things he does on the pitch. And I mean, 
not even was the run great from him, but the shot. I mean, the confidence is like flourishing. What's it called? Flourishing through that kid. See, Brian, off the pod so much, I can't even speak anymore. It's rough. <laughs> well, think of it this way. So, like, one of the things that ha- kind of worried me uh, in our offseason, kind of making some moves, uh, we got Smolic uh, from Rijeka for, what, two and a half million euros? So not, a lot, not a huge outlay. A free transfer for Jerome Onguine, uh, if I mispronounce his name. I'll eventually learn it correctly. Yeah, you know, two guys who can uh, assist us in the central back kind of role especially with the fact that vultures seem to continue to swirl around in dika though with the whole hinty and we covered that in the last podcast i, I mean uh this is your chance to kind of chime in on the whole hinty argument or do you want to pass pass the pass the hinty torch to uh another time that we you know will just Listen, coincidentally forget about to mention <laughs> hinty army forever my book um definitely a very very weird situation i mean uh you can only go as far as as a person says something to and you have to either believe him or take it as it is and um you know i believe the guy you know uh, in a sense i mean i think he was also kind of ready to not play soccer anymore i mean he didn't he was not motivated whatsoever i mean you could not only could you uh tell on like the press conferences and stuff like that i mean he was just kind of doing it for us mm-hmm. you know and i mean that's all you could really ask for especially as a frankfurt fan because that's that's how, that's what the club is about you know it's not about all the players and on the field it's not about management it's you know everybody involved you know we do this as a family and uh i mean hey he he came out as a winner at on the, at, in the end of the world you know he's a europa league champion and you know, I thank you so much for your service, Hinty. You know, it's it's it, it was sad, but you know, it, it 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 seems like he's happy with the choice because he's not suffering from playing soccer anymore. And it's so weird to say, as like you know, obviously as a Frankfurt fan, as a as, since we're majority, you know, a soccer team. But I mean, we're definitely going to miss him in the back. And you know, having these extra center backs with Smolchich and Unguene, or you know, whatever Derek Ray is going to say to us. Uh, when the league starts up again, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm excited about him, and I mean the Aurelio Buta guy, Buta and Tuta uh, combo um, could be interesting too. Could work if uh, Buta just stays healthy. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he's not an injury-prone sort of person. I have no idea what his background is. I just kind of knew he was from Hamburg, and that's or oh, not from Hamburg. He's from uh, Antwerp. And that's kind of pretty much it. I think he only played 90 minutes against us. I don't even think he should have played in the second game. But Yeah, he was just in the first match and right. looked pretty – and he held his own, which I think is why the team kind of was tracking him so much. Um, for me, though, possibly the most offensive uh, useful asset is at this moment the fact that Alma – that Torre is just able to has kind of slotted himself in as a center back uh, that we we really had to do when we were just kind of light on legs and I'm almost kind of wondering if he can make that more of a permanent kind of role for himself. Oh, I because, think because so. I mean he he recently changed his nationality to be able to suit up for Molly. the the Mali in the international team and. Uh, I think that uh, not only they're not exactly the the uh, kind of a world beating team, but 
if he starts playing at center back for us, I wouldn't be surprised, one, that he gets to start, and then, I mean, they don't play the African Cup of Nations again until, uh, golly, I think it's like 2023, uh, that he would be able, that he, that Mali would next be able to have play in a competitive competition because it didn't qualify for the the world cup but i mean i'd like i'd like to think that he has possibly uh, made with glasner just kind of making some real great tactical flexibility come for us like it's something that could benefit him in the long run and as i actually check it uh the t- originally scheduled for 2023 the summer 2023 and it was postponed from summer tournament to january 2024 golly all this postponing international tournaments (laughs) i mean i've i know that happens on the african continent way more often than other things because you know uh rainy season and all that's why they had the uh 2002 world cup played in like started off in like mid late may so as to avoid the rainy season in Korea and Japan, which is nothing compared to moving things around for Qatar or Qatar, if you may call it that. But I think I'm going down a little wormhole here. But the team has looked good in the matches that we've seen. I and mean, Torre looks good. I mean, he's gonna be <laughs> I could go on about some of the other guys. I know, I know. But Torre, I don't know. He He's definitely solidified, I think, a starting role in our back three or back four, whatever we end up playing, I think we're going to have a very, very dynamic defense. Also, I mean, it definitely helped Amani with Hinti, you know, kind of retiring um, in his case. But also, you know, with um, yep. Indica, you know, I mean, we don't know what's happening. And now Milan is, you know, coming back and knocking on our door again. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows with that? But either way, you know, I think if we do make a move with Indica, it would have to be now because other than other than that, he's gone for free next year, and I don't know. I don't know what the the deal is with resigning him. You know, I haven't heard anything else more about. It. All I heard was you know the plan was to resign him, um, and obviously Kamada, and we you know obviously resigned Kostic to twenty six. But um, I don't know. I mean, Almani is definitely a starter though, through and throughout. He he's amazing. Um, he's deserved it. You know, every time he came on the field, he, you know, definitely showed off. He's definitely more of an offensive like defender than a defensive defender. If that makes sense. I don't quite trust him as being a last yeah. man, the center back. That's why I prefer him on the right back side of things. Um, so I think he's going to be good. Um, and then I am very, very, very interested to see what's going to happen with, um, you know, Kolo Muani and Lucas Solario up, up front, you know, kind of meshing with boring <laughs> because I we have a lot of offensive power and I don't know what we're going to essentially do with it because, I mean, you know me with Kamada. I think Kamada is a better bench player than a starter. So I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, that kind of switch up happening. <laughs> but where are we putting Jesper Lindstrom? Where are we putting Kostic? Um, you know, where's Hauga in this conversation? Where's Hauga in this conversation? The Eintracht's Eintracht, Eintracht biggest ever transfer going, like in terms of financial outlay with uh, yeah. the 12 million that we, I mean, we kind of pitch and told ourselves into that. I don't believe that his not worth fee both, no. was worth. No way. No way. The, the, yeah. He's not even, I, I mean, no, no disrespect against Peter Hauga. I just have 
maybe just because he hasn't gotten enough meaningful minutes in a game and stuff like that. But exactly. I haven't really seen anything convincing um, to be worth 11 million. I don't think even worth 8 million. Um, you know, so, I mean, it is what it is. You know, it was a, you know, we did make that deal last season. So, you know, we, um, maybe we pulled the trigger now yeah. and maybe he, you know, plays a little bit more. But I mean, with Mario Gutson now in the picture, like, <laughs> I mean, and I and like I keep thinking more and more about it. Like I think we signed him just to have some Champions League experience on our field. You know, we can't. I mean, Kevin Track can only bring us so far. Um, where, you know, he's not that. I mean, he's a keeper on the field presence, but having a midfielder who has you know good Champions League experience is pretty pretty big. And you know, I don't know who's gonna you know kind of take over there. We put Nakic on the bench now. Like, I mean, I don't think Gold is going to play, isn't going to start for us. I mean, I, I, I hope not. <laughs> I love him, but I hope not. You know, he's going to be a great bench player. You know, I, it's, um, it's interesting. I mean, we, we have a lot. You know, we have a lot. And then who knows about this 18-year-old from Bayern, you know, Marcel Vinick. He should be interesting, too. There's a lot of buzz about him. But, no, this seems it's, – it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's so funny because I remember last season I was like, hey – we're probably going to, you know, shit the bed in the Bundesliga season and I don't think we're going to make top 10. Um, I didn't, I did not think we're going to win Europa because I think I said, I don't think I mentioned Europa because I wasn't really, because I didn't think we were going to win any regardless. But, you know, then that happened. So like, and this season, I just feel like, you know, there's a lot more promise with our team. And maybe that's because we did make Europa and, you know, we did beat teams like Barcelona and, you know, we have created this culture. We have, you know, put our stamp in the world. Um, where it's like, hey, like we have all this attention now. We made these purchases. We made some like big name, got big name players with Luca Salario and Gutsa. Uh, we have Kevin Trapp, the best keeper in the world. Like, hey, I see us being a top four team now next year. So or this season. Hmm. So it's so if we didn't have our if we didn't have the deep deep run that we did have in Europe. Say we had uh, fallen at the Barcelona hurdle. How many more more points would we have earned from uh, the Bundesliga season? In your in your opinion, um, I don't know because I feel like we still played with a strong lineup in the Bundesliga. You know, we were p- still playing mm-hmm. the same game. It just the results just didn't just weren't there as much as they were in Europa. And I don't know. It's be- maybe it's because we just. It's, we didn't have a win after uh, what was it? The uh, after we beat Betis in Betis, we then played uh, Bochum, and then we didn't win any of our last uh, eight matches. Yeah, and I'd like to think that a point against Leipzig may have been all that we could have ever gotten. But I'm thinking that. Freiburg loss, that's not a thing. Greuther first draw, that's not a thing. I checked out of the Gladbach since like February or something like that. Because <laughs> well, there was another record in January where we didn't win a game for like nine straight games or some shit like that. And I was just like, all right, like I'll, I'm just going to focus on Bundesliga games. I'll watch the I'll watch the games on the weekend and just just watch the tactics and stuff like that. If we get scored on big whoop, that's a, that's just, that's just another day ending and why for us. Like it's, it's, it, I mean, yeah, I checked out the Bundesliga since February. So I'm just, I'm very excited to get back into that. Cause fuck Bayern, man. I'm so happy we play them first and I cannot wait to fucking crush them. It's going to bite me in the ass. <laughs> oh 
I'll crush it like a can. A can that gets to host the uh, uh, DFL uh, Super Cup. Uh, which is why Bayern, go figure, so this weekend is, uh, did they have Pokal first round? Bayern and Leipzig play on Saturday instead of playing in the Pokal. They don't have to play the Pokal nearly until September, which, I mean, it's kind of shitty that they push back such a wonderful competition so far back, but, you know, at the end of the day, I do realize that, you know, it is what it is, um... That the Super Cup, a matchup between Leipzig and Bayern, is going to get way more eyeballs. I'm just glad that uh, when it does come to the, the, the Pokal weekend, that it's not clashing time-wise with anything else. So it's an hour and like a half after the final uh, match that is uh, the, fin- the final match for that day in the DFB Pokal. Uh, I think the one that's on then is like... Yena versus Wolfsburg, which snooze. Insert insert the insert the snoring <laughs> noise sound effect there. Depends if uh, Wolfsburg shows up like they did last season. If Yena, I mean, if Yena uh, pulls it oh, off, that's true. Is that's Wolfsburg true. and Wolfsburg are oh, to get and, relegated? I don't know. I mean, it'd be it'd be funny if Dusseldorf just waxes uh, Ochenbach. Uh, that'd be that'd they be funny, should. and that's actually. Uh, they definitely should. The, the coach that they got there is actually, you know, like pretty decent. He was the guy who used to be at Hamburg, got fired because, you know, Hamburg fires everybody. And, uh, yeah, won't be surprised at this rate if Dusseldorf might be the – and that's the team that everyone is saying is going to come up from the from the Zweite Liga because of the m- momentum that they had. They were a proper relegation-threatened team. And they've got themselves, you know, like about four or five points uh, from, like, Hamburg in the playoffs. So, the guy mm. went on an absolute tear. Well, I think he lost one match in 12. Jeez. And, like, ha- yeah. It's like seven wins, th- uh, three draws, and one loss. Something something ridiculous like that. And not, I listened to a podcast that covers the Vizuaita Liga, and they said, yeah, watch out for these guys. And I... Might want to okay. only drift my eyeballs down a little bit because uh, Magdeburg also got off to an interesting start. But uh, let's let's stick to the rumors before we get to our Pokal predictions and everything. Uh, so some of the uh, moves that have been done are done. You know, we've we've outlaid a lot of money. We are con- we are in the top forty clubs in the world in terms of utilizing the summer transfer window. That's not something that we're used to, you know, being known for. Okay, so we threw down $12 million for Hauga, but that's, I mean, that's still, like, that breaks our transfer record. Like, I mean, all these transfer records have been kind of broken in, like, recent years, but, like, I mean, there's only three teams in the Bundesliga who have actually spent more cash than Eintracht. That is Wolfsburg, not surprised. I mean, you know, if you consider everything. And then you have Dortmund, Bayern. Bayern, who've, good grief, they've been spending money like it's going out of style after crying that they are poor. Eintracht is considered, and this is by Transfermarkt, to have spent the 38th most in terms of transfer fees. And that's not like uh, taking in for the amount of transfers that are going in. For like, for example, like a club that is just above us is... Freaking uh, Linz 
and Monaco. Both in France, and now you're thinking, Brian, that's kind of ridiculous. Why would we be below those guys? Well, like, Monaco made, like, $105 million almost all on one player. <laughs> so, oh, obviously, yeah. they had the money to kind of reload a little bit. And they're also in the finished in third. So, they got the Champions League playoff spot. So, they had a little money to kind of outlay in the hopes that they make it to the Champions League. And who knows if they punch. And it, it also helps when uh, you're in Monaco and one of your owners is uh, the freaking principality who owned the Monte Carlo Hotel and Casino. So it's not like those guys are going broke anytime soon. But Eintrax, we put out a lot of money. At this point, I would say the team that we have currently on the books right now is going to be the team that we're going to finish the transfer window with unless a sale occurs. And I honestly believe that there's only one player that will trigger another buy and that's if Indica does leave and uh, I've seen links of Julian Weigel from Benfica possibly coming to the Eintracht you know uh, German boost up that German coefficiency uh, a player who could you know be considered for the national team ranks uh, I haven't I haven't really paid much attention to Germany's uh, men as I have the women this summer, to be honest, because the Euros are going on. Not that that's been exactly the, lighting the world on fire, but there's plenty of Eintracht players playing in the Euros, so I've been paying attention to that. But mm-hmm. what do you think? Julian Weigel, if Evan Indica does leave, I mean, Indica will be sorely missed, but, you know, I mean... Well, if, I mean, if this all came to pass, what do you think of that? I mean, it doesn't really fill the hole in the uh, in the defense side of things. I mean, ugh, I don't know. Would we put him? in? He can play defense. I don't. I'd... He can play. He can play as a central defender. He just normally is like a defensive midfielder. I think it would be an interesting, interesting like add on, and you could almost see him as a guy who, you know. If we do, if he does kind of temporarily fill the Indica role, he could be properly Rhoda's like legit replacement because Rhoda and his kind of injury woes. Look, I really love the guy, despite him coming from Offenbach, but <laughs> um, sometimes it's really hard to let that go. Uh, but uh, it's you know it's he's gonna good- be t- coming thirty two, and he's already shown that he you know can't. He can't do a full season. He showed that with Bayern. He showed that with Dortmund before uh, returning to us. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. How much are we going to really pay for him? Are we going to pay him for less than what we paid for Jens Peter Hauga? I, I don't, I don't think so. Are we going to be able to cough up that fifteen, thirty million for it? I don't think so either. So, like, I, I mean, look, I, I, yes, he's going to be. He would be a great fit in the in the whether it's going to be a center back or center midfield. I don't see him playing center back. I see him literally. Anchoring with Gutsen, uh, or anchoring in the back with Jakic, and then Gutsen being up there, and then you know Weigel and Gutsen mm. will have that kind of connection. I can totally see that happening, or we, I, or just Weigel sitting in the back by himself, um, in the midfield, um, like the defensive midfield back. I'm saying, and you know, have, add more people to the attack. You know, possibly even have a, uh, a two striker combo with Alario and uh, Bore, as long as you don't sacrifice, you know, Lindstrom, Kostic. Uh, and all the other key players, and so as well. Oh my God, we're also forgetting about so. <laughs> yeah, I was about to wonder, like, who else are you gonna forget here, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, Gabriel So, the other, our, our arguably our best player on the field, possibly for uh, next season. Uh, facts. Yeah, like, like uh, not not besides Kevin Trapp, because he's everything. But 
I think so is most likely mm-hmm. going to be an MVP for us next year. He's a guy who I've got a lot of hopes for. And you know what? I just like the I just love his engine and the fact that he just seems dedicated to the team. I think well, I mean, obviously Hasebe is the club captain. Like there's a, like oh, on the you know, captain. It's more though. more of an honorary honorary it's it's becoming more and more less of him wearing the armband. But I see so as one who could be like one of those next guys in line. I mean, obviously Kevin Trapp does seem to put on the armband quite often, but Joel, so to me, sometimes you really need to have a guy who's in the midfield or that is running as the captain because how much can you do as a captain providing the leadership and then kind of relaying what the tactics are from the coach when uh, you're between the sticks? Yeah. That is that's my only critique of a of a goalkeeper uh, wearing the armband. I don't know. There's been a lot of successful teams I've had goalkeepers as um, captains and stuff like that. So yeah, I know some some guy, some uh, blonde haired German who used to play for Karlsruhe and then got embarrassed by a certain Eintracht goal scorer extraordinaire, <laughs> and then he decided to make a move to Bayern and is now their president. I think that's who you're thinking of. I, a lot of people, a lot of other Ang- angry con. Well, there's also Schalke with Neuer, <laughs> Schalke Neuer or Bayern Neuer. No, he was with Bayern when we won the World Cup. But I mean, either way, I think a goalkeeper as a captain doesn't is a good thing because they're the player that sees the whole field from the back. You know, they 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 move up and down the line. I mean, if I had a goalkeeper who could dictate as well as a center back or a midfielder, sure, that'd be incredible. But there's also always two types mm-hmm. of there's always two types of captains in any professional sport really if you think about it because you have the like you said the honorary captain with Hasebe you know um, there's always like these old not really old people but like legends of the game who are still in the game who are playing for the team who are you know always going to be a captain no matter if they play no games for like five games or if they you know play the full play every single game of the season but you know those those people that don't play who are captains are just kind of like you know like you said, the old guys, like the legends, just wanted to explain, like, you know, I, let me show you some stories about my time, you know, back in my day, kind of, um, you know, talk. <laughs> and then you have the captain on the field who dictates everything, essentially, you know. And, I mean, Trap can do that as a goalkeeper because he has that back anchor. I can also see So doing that. But here's a problem with So. I don't think he's going to stay with us any much longer. This could possibly be his last season with us before we sell him, you know. Uh, before we can make a profit, don't oh, you dare say that. No, he I will know, stay with us forever. I know, I know, forever. I know. I wish, I wish, but how many forever plays have we had besides Alexander Maya, uh, uh, Roda? I guess Trap because he came back now. And Ross, Ross, I know. Um, I mean, take away his brief foray at Wolfsburg. Okay, you know, if you want to bust my balls for it. I mean, look, there are no Charlie Kobos left. There aren't. No, they're not. Then that's that's right. So there's always change in our team and stuff. But if there's any any big signing, I can I can see so just like slipping away from us even in the winter. To be quite honest. Yeah. Okan Nikolov. Oh wow! I mean, yeah. One of the the real last last. I mean, oh Maya, Jesus! Whoa! No, 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 no! Like, I mean, for me, like, uh, like, 
he epitomized that and Alex Maya loved him but at the uh, I will say at the end he was starting to get a little bit crocked uh, but you know what hey when you well. score that many goals yeah I know and, I know and, and I success. know very little success but success <laughs> very little success Ugh, that is so is successful so true at some point so that's that's where that's that's where we're where our standards were Brian like think about that <laughs> yeah I mean, not even ten years ago. Th- God, oh, hold on, I ten years ago, Jesus, sure. yeah, that was our, yeah, that was a twelve thirteen season when we finished. What was that? Uh, six, yeah, six. Uh, so not too bad. Uh, if you want to go back one more year, eleven well, years, two, yeah, one and two more years. Let's 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 not talk about uh, those years right even behind because you know, ten eleven. <laughs> Yeah. At least eleven, twelve was a success in the turn in terms of uh, hey, we went straight back up without any real uh, threat of uh, missing out on promotion, and uh, yeah, we had uh, uh, these friendlies that were called competitive matches at the Waldstadion against this tiny team from uh, the east side of town. So we'll leave that as is. Uh, we're kind of here and there and everywhere it seems like with the opening of this podcast so um gonna turn it in a different direction it's time for hashtag what are we drinking matt you must have been drinking after moving in new york city that must have worked up a sweat still am buddy still am i because <laughs> uh i um i had a uh, part of a uh, party what three weeks ago and some good friends of mine actually gave me a Bitsburger for as a present. Oh, wow. So I am drinking that. So Bitsa and Bits. There you go. Uh, I was, until uh, I ever got a, tr- I finally got to try it. Uh, the only time I ever knew a Bitsburger was uh, a reference in uh, X-Men First Class when uh, uh, it not to try to ruin the movie, but uh, he is looking for this one guy, and he runs into these Germans in Argentina, and then he's like, "Ooh, Bitburger, das ist Beste," and yeah, that's my own uh, connection to that. Um, but I, wish I came about. across. <laughs> I w- uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah. So my introduction. My uh, addition to hashtag what are we drinking is something new, something that I had never tried before. So I had this uh, you pick six six pack, and uh, I saw this Henry's Henry Hotspur's hard pressed for cider. So I'm like, all right, you know, I occasionally will have a cider, so I toss it on there. It was a sweet cider. Now some of these people they're like, no, 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 you, I like my tart ciders. You know, you know, there's not a whole great, a whole lot of sweetness usually in the Afro line, like overtly sweetness. This very sweet cider. Oh, it was wonderful. It was full bodied, and made me wish that I had a chance to uh, drink some more. So that's what I will be getting in the not too distant future. And I would have to say. One of the best uh, alcoholic beverages I've had all summer. All summer. Without a shed of doubt in that statement. Best I wish one I I've liked had. ciders. So, I wish I liked ciders. I'm not going to lie. I just don't. 
don't know why. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I still have to go through puberty to uh, enjoy it, you know? <laughs> I mean, you're tall enough. You, 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 one would think that it's already hit, but... You know. Yeah, but as you can tell, the, the lack of beard world, being tall means jack shit because you could be <laughs> seven foot teenagers. So, riddle me that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's gonna wrap it up for hashtag What Are We Drinking and segment one. We'll be back to talk about the Frauen, the uh, players who are off on the European travels for the Women's Euros uh, that are now down to the semifinals at the time of recording. So, stay with. And we're back. Hey, Andre Frankfurt, Brian, and Matt. Just kind of chilling, talking about the Eagles, pontificating at times, thinking about what can be in the future. You know, because I was crazy enough to say after a couple matches of the season that we could still play in Europe next season and was called an absolute, uh, like, drunkard by someone who's not here to defend themselves. And go figure, we did. We just had to win your. <laughs> we just had to win Europe to get there, and uh, yeah, another team of Eintracht is going to be playing in Europe. The Frauen, because they're third place finish in the Frauen Bundesliga, they'll be playing. Uh, their tournament will start, uh, so it's a two match qualification for round one. Um, they're in a four team uh, format with uh, Dutch side Ajax, uh, da- Danish side Honvind. I think that's how you pronounce it. Ah, Chris, Chris, Chris from Detroit will probably critique me on that. And, and a Swedish team that finished, I think, like second or third in the Swedish league. I'm pretty optimistic that Eintracht is going to roll right on through that. But a lot of the Eintracht players have been oh, – Eintracht is back in training for preseason. Training just really getting underway in the last couple weeks. But the women's Euros are actually taking place right now. I mentioned that they're at the semifinal stage. Uh, Germany has progressed all the way to the semifinals. Honestly, I mean, okay, Meryl Fromms, she's no longer on the Eintracht, so let's not count her as an Eintracht player <laughs> doing a whole lot, but she has been. <laughs> but she's been good. Germany hasn't conceded a single goal this tournament after four games played. Um, they did beat Austria in the quarterfinal stage. Uh, Austria has got quite a few Eagles on that side. And uh, all the Eagles for Austria have basically been putting in a full shift of it. But yeah. at times I've actually thought, uh, and you can, from you who has played at a higher competitiveness uh, uh, than I in the beautiful game, if you are selected to be part of the German national team, but guess what? You're being left on the bench. Not a single freaking Eintracht player was used in the Germany versus Austria match. You know, a couple came off the bench in their, you know, third match at the group phase. Are you a little bit kind of thinking to yourself, you know what? You could be training with the team, getting ready for the Champions League, but instead you're here sitting on the bench, being a part of the team, but, you know, not seeing the field. Where, yeah. where do you sit on that? I mean, it sucks. I mean, think about it. You are the best. Your best player at you know your at your current team and stuff like that, and then you move on to a team where there's a lot of great players, just as qualified as you, if not better, and you don't play a lot. You know, it's definitely a little discouraging. You know, definitely kind of you know sucks in your head. But you know, it, in in their mind, you know they are you know professional athletes. You know, they 
have gone through this time and time again, where it's like, you know, hey, there's someone better than you. Uh, you know, sorry. I mean, you can, you'll be second, you'll be next in line, but not at this time, you know? So at that point, you know, those, that, that professional mentality is going to take over where they are going to end up, you know, playing for them. But, you know, I think, I think just to be a part of like the national team is just such a huge pride, you know, you know, you're going to all these games, you know, you're visiting all these like awesome, like stadiums and stuff like that. You're training them, you're watching great soccer, you know, you get to see that perspective, but it is disappointing not to play. So, I mean, it, it sucks, you know, um, to, you know, to be a player on the bench, but you can take so much from just like training, just from having conversations with other people, especially on the national team, um, just to kind of go through that. Because the most I ever played was just like, you know, playing on a state team. And like, I learned, you know, after not playing for a few games, like what to do, and what not to do. And then I ended up starting and being a regional player, but that is nothing comparable to being a professional, but that's just where my mindset comes back to. I hear you. I hear you, man. Yeah, thought, like I mentioned, the on-track uh, uh, players for Austria, they've been really kind of putting in a full shift. Uh, not so much uh, for uh, Germany. It's a shame, but, you know, that's just kind of how it is. If you look at the starting lineup that comes out, match in, match out for uh, the final the, the national matchup, Germany's national team, it's really just... Bayern and Wolfsburg players, but you know what? That's just going to give some of those girls the drive to just kick ass and take names when it comes to qualifying for the Women's Champions League when it does come around in uh, mid to late August. Um, Switzerland got knocked out in the group phase, so our our ladies will be returning from that team. Uh, Iceland didn't make it either as well, so got players returning there. They'll have, obviously, some time off before they join up with uh, the full team. And, uh, yeah, here's hoping that – I'm look, I'm still optimistic that with the that without a member of the national team setups that the Eintracht will be able to push through. Uh, might be a little tricky, but, hey, you know what? We, we've been developing this young, deep team, and we'll be able to give a little more preview – uh, as time as we get closer and closer to that uh, inevitable qualification match times and uh, yeah so how it then proceeds uh, should we win our group which we are hopeful that we do um, it will then be a two-legged playoff between us and another uh, team and uh, yeah it, uh, so on that side of things it's uh, golly uh, I'm sorry, drawing a blank here. So with the Women's Champions League, the final is going to be hosted in Eindhoven. Uh, as I mentioned, you got your uh, uh, qualification first round, which is what we're talking about. Then in the, you'll have a second round of qualification. That will happen in uh, mid-late September. And so because we qualified as third-place team, we will fall in on uh, from the... Uh, First round of qualifying, that's two sides. There's the champions of the various European countries, and then there's your second and your third place teams from uh, the big leagues, like, you know, third place from Germany, France, and England, and Spain. And then you'll get your second place teams from, like, uh, Czech Republic, Sweden. We're going to be such, the so. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, like, 
it's very likely that we're gonna have a real tough go of it um, as I check for what Hoffenheim had to do. Uh, so Hoffenheim got through to the group phase. They went through their qualification round. They actually played against Milan. Uh, uh, not as, as familiar with uh, the Italian league. I know that Juventus kind of dominates that. Uh, but when it came to the uh, the subsequent round, they then faced off against a Swedish team. So go figure on that. And so they they were able to get through. It's going to be tricky either way. But if you think about it from this standpoint, at least we're not going to be drawn with Bayern. So bring the sigh of relief there. We just got to hope that we don't get a Paris Saint-Germain, who's really, really stinking good at the the female side, and that we don't get uh, Arsenal, who is also very well-funded. Uh, there's like Chelsea's four teams too, in right? who are really well done. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, Chelsea, Chelsea got through by winning the... Uh, by okay. winning the uh, yeah by winning the uh, the English league, so the champions of uh, France, Spain, Germany, and England all got through to the group phase, and those are the only teams that are sitting around waiting for everyone else to get done with their qualification. So there are uh, five teams uh, who come from the league path side of things, which is where Eintracht is coming from, and there are seven winners from the champions path. And then they all filter down uh, into a big old group stage setup. And, uh, yeah, that will be a lot of fun once the ladies get to that point. But, hey, as I mentioned, got to play in August. We'll then give you guys an update as to what is going on. Uh, just saying, it's going to be su- it's gonna be tough without Meryl Frones. But, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a tough time to kind of show what kind of team you are. I mean, we were able to get all the way. Think of the numerous Pokal runs to the final we had when we thought, you know what, this team's a decent team, but we're not crazy great. And yet we were able to pull, pull off the kind of results that we did. Then we pulled off we're, we're uh, Europe. We're foundation when, club-wide, and it's not just with the women's team. It's not just with the men's team. It's also with, like, you know, our handball team, our tennis team, our fucking FIFA team, you know? We there's a mm. foundation in the Eintracht culture where you know success is becoming mandatory. Exactly, and I'm looking forward to what we're gonna find from uh, the Eintracht reserves. So as people know, uh, we got the from Hessen Dreitsch. Uh, we got their uh, uh, license where they were playing in the Hessen Liga at the fifth tier of the German soccer pyramid. Um, that team is coming together now. At last check, there are a grand total of 24 players. Uh, we're going to be uh, playing uh, in the Hessian Liga. That gets started actually this weekend. I'm very interested to see how those guys progress. There are a number of players who got promoted from the Eintracht U19s. But there are also a number of players who have Hessian Liga and Regional Liga experience that are dotted on the roster. So I have okay. all the faith that uh, that Christian Gliebel, who has been hired uh, by Eintracht to be the uh, manager, the head trainer, I'm I've got all the faith that we're going to have a top end finish, and uh, fingers crossed that. Uh, we're gonna, and this is the guy who was in charge of uh, uh, worms uh, from down from down the road. 
uh, right down by uh, uh, Mannheim uh, area. Uh, I remember they got into the Polka like one year. And so uh, got a coach who's got Regional Liga experience to coach our team from the Hessian Liga, try and get them promoted through. And hey, if we get promoted, if we get a promotion uh, from the Hessian Liga to the Regional Liga, that's a serious uh, accomplishment in that. And uh, then we'll be playing against a lot of familiar teams. Your Offenbachs, your Kessels. Uh, you know, well, Darmstadt used to be down in the dumps down there. <laughs> Steinbach has gotten uh, to be a Hessian club that is constantly up in there. It'll, it'll be a great way for us to develop players. It's just the Hessian Liga. We need to kind of grind it out and uh, hope that that uh, bears fruit. I mean, I know... I c- jack shit about this <laughs> hand up no nothing <laughs> it's okay it's okay uh when i talked to roman about this in the last episode his exact answer was hessian liga it's tough that's not where you want to have a play you're not going to have players develop through that unless they end up being a dritte liga or a zweite liga uh sort of level of player you don't get a bundesliga level of player coming through there Regional liga that's a different sort of that's a different story uh, look at Freiburg. So many players from that team have come through their reserves, and look at them. They're they literally, by sticking to the principles, are now a team playing in Europe. And I can't wait to see what they can do. So to play into Europe, they uh, finished in the top end of the Bundesliga last season, but they also made it to the DFB Pokal final. Lows into Leipzig. Sad, but it's back. Yeah, Eintracht in the Pokal is going to be so much fun. I just wish we didn't have to go to Magdeburg. But hey, if you think about it this way, at least against Magdeburg, there won't be as many drunks because, you know, they probably will have been working earlier in the day and uh, they won't be drunks who will then be setting off fireworks, shooting them at us, or at least we hope so. So <laughs> I'm pretty confident in how we'll play in that. <sighs> playing against Madrigal is what it is Um, they got that funny name of a coach Christian Tietz uh, uh, in charge over there he was the guy who was in charge of Hamburg right as like took over like two matches before they got relegated and nearly pulled their butts out of the fire he was with Essen for a season but I think he finished in second place so they uh, they weren't happy with that so uh, he went over to Magdeburg, and he uh, basically had like a couple months and then uh, an entire season last year in the Dritte Liga and got them up. So, guy knows what he's on about, but it's Magdeburg. I mean, I'm looking at their roster, and nothing against them. Well, I am not totally to insult them like, completely, but I'm looking at their roster I don't know a single player from there, and I like to consider myself a nerd of nerds. But I mean, it's not it's not a team that I'm really all too concerned with. Now we said that against Mannheim, but the thing is, I'm always um, this is a stronger this is a stronger Eintracht team. We had so we were such a we we had no idea what was going what was to be expected from uh, the Eintracht team at this time last season. That's why I'm optimistic. 
and saying that Eintracht's going to come away with a 3-1 win away in the East. I like it. Uh, that's a good prediction. I think, I don't know, I'm always a little bit more worried about us when we play in these DFB calls just because ever since we won it, we haven't had quite too much success. So yeah, We had that semifinal. We, we, got, we, got, we just happened to run into Bayern. That was right. the only problem. That was the only problem. And we, hey, we gave them a game. I, I watched with the I watched with the KC Bayern fans, and they uh, thought, "Oh man, we got a two nothing lead," and then boom, boom, and they're like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> they immediately look at me, and I'm celebrating in the back of back of the uh, COVID uh, spaced out room, and they're like, "What the hell is with you guys?" And I'm like, "What? You don't like playing against us?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we're one of the few teams that can actually take something out of you. Exactly. Uh, didn't end up winning, but, yeah, you know, it was it was what it was. Uh, Got to celebrate everything against Bayern. Got to celebrate against everything against Bayern, but either way. You can't always beat them 5-1. No, you can't. <laughs> you really can't. But, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I'm going to agree with you, honestly, Brian. I think we're going to do a, a three. Actually, I'm going to say we're going to win 3 nothing because I mm. think we're going to have a clean sheet. Oh, wow. I know. And, uh, I'm back. I'm back. Jesus Christ. Look, there's a couple good matches that are beyond the Eintracht one. Look, if you're interested in keeping track of some of the, the more competitive ones, look, uh, yeah, I can't really get that excited for uh, Bremer Esval versus Schalke Nufia. I can't get excited for a Jena versus Wolfsburg. I can't get excited for 1860 Munich versus Dortmund on front on the, the the late Friday kickoff or Dresden versus Stuttgart. That could be interesting. Oh, that would be fun. Or Kaiserslautern versus Freiburg. Ooh, I Ooh, mean Kaiserslautern's back. They're back at right the. There. They're back. They are back, and they won their first match of the uh, the Zweite Liga season. Against, Watch I think out, it was against, uh, Hanover. <laughs> Watch out! Yeah, it uh, it will be. Look, it's going to be a good old time. We'll uh, look. That's that is if that is a team that could get up to the Erste Bundesliga, I'd want them back because, golly, that would add some serious spice to. Uh, the league format, which, uh, hey, you know what? I'm glad Schalke and Bremen are back because, you know what? You can only kick the crap out of first so many times. Or, in our case, only win one out of two. Ugh. And barely <laughs> in the 90th minute. Uh, all right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Matt for joining in. Matt, it's been way too long. You've had a long enough summer off to, you know, figure out what you want to do with life you figured out you want to move to queens away from the bit from manhattan but the thing is the eintracht are going to be playing in the bundesliga in the not too distant future and i figured this would be a great time to announce where we are having uh people meet up so where are you meeting up in new york for the eintracht versus bayern match because oh. let's be real, uh, Magdeburg versus Eintracht is on a Monday, and some people do have to work. We just can just uh, pay attention uh, whilst we're working. Exactly, exactly. Not really worth the PTO just yet with Magdeburg, but definitely versus Bayern. Um, I will be over <laughs> at the uh, Jack Dempsey's with the EFC New York crew over there, and we have special guest Alvin Katz coming in. 
as well to watch the game with us. So that's going to be pretty cool, you know. Um, but I, it's definitely going to be a full house. Uh, just hopefully as full, probably as full as it was with the Europa League game. But um, either way, yeah, Jack Dempsey's over by the Empire State Building. Can't really miss it. And he once told me when I interviewed him, he told me he was actually in the stadium for when uh, they beat uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach for the first Europa Pokal victory. He was a ball boy during that match, so he's a and that's quite an interesting cat. I think you'll enjoy uh, getting to talk to him. Yeah, no, very excited to have a beer with the man. Uh, those of us here in the Midwest. Are going to be meeting up. So we got Brian Gilchrist coming in. We got Matt and Nathan in St. Louis and joining me in Kansas City for the official Hey Eintracht Frankfurt kind of season kickoff uh, watch party. Going to be at Kansas City Beer Company. Please let us know if you are attending so that we can assist you in making accommodations. It's, so far, we've got eight Eagles all coming down from all over the country. It's going to be a grand old time in Kansas City. And remember, this Eintracht versus Bayern match is August the 5th, so we still have a little bit of time to uh, make your travel arrangements. And if you aren't able to meet up, uh, Danny Coyles will have the Eintracht match on on the West Coast in San Francisco. And, uh, yeah, if you're in uh, Chicagoland area, and uh, are unable to join us in Kansas City, why not meet up with Chris in Detroit? He's there for a wedding, so he kind of has is stuck with his applications <laughs> there. In uh, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be at Cleo's. I think that's in the Ukrainian village. If that if memory serves me right, and uh, yeah, hit him up there. He said if you show up in your intact regalia, first beer. Maybe even your second beer is on him. Maybe if you talk him into it, uh, so will the third. So meet us, up, meet us up in all these different locations for the Eintracht versus Bayern match on the 5th of August. We'll be talking about this again ahead of the first Bundesliga match of the season when we recap Eintracht versus Magdeburg and preview the Bundesliga season that is to come. Here's hoping that uh, we hold on to some players <laughs> in the meantime. But, Matt, uh, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on the Twitter escape at WAGM8 and then on the Instagram at underscore Wagner8. Bingo. And you can find me on KCSGE. You can find the podcast Twitter feed. That is at HEFPod. You can find us on Instagram. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Reach out to us on Facebook or yeah, Gmail account. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com or Facebook.com slash HEFPod where we drop all the latest news and information on Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language in one convenient location at www.hefpod.com is the official podcast website work in progress we will have written content coming out very shortly with the eintracht season yet to play so yeah it's been great having matt back on it's been great being back on after so long a time away thanks for listening to episode 228 until next time choose